Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now, Monday, May 22nd. Uh, a happy Victoria Day, Monday, uh, for those of you that are watching, of course, in uh, Canada and uh, listening in Canada. A long weekend here. The U.S. will have theirs uh, next weekend, of course, uh, with Memorial Day weekend. Ian Cameron and Alex B. Smith with you, ready to break down this Monday uh, conference final day with just, of course, the one game, Florida hosting Carolina in Game 3 of the Eastern Conference Finals and leading that series uh, two games to none. Uh, Alex, how was the uh, weekend for you? And uh, again, now, as we uh, roll into a new week, uh, suddenly a potential, Alex, and I mentioned this on Twitter, that the Conference Finals in the NHL and the NBA both could end up in sweeps. Both both Conference Finals in both leagues could end up in sweeps. I'm still going to say that's not going to happen, though, in this league here in the NHL. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so either. But it, it's just a fascinating turn of events, like I said, in, in both sports right now. And it's funny because this is something I wanted a couple of years ago when the summer was just kind of dragging along fast. And you know, of course, the season was you know dipping into the deeper part of June and into July. Uh, Would have been nice to have a bunch of sweeps then. But now here we are with uh, you know teams taking commanding leads and, and and getting the work done. And it's different, obviously, in the NHL and the NBA. With the NHL. We're talking about, you know, these teams that are taking these 2-0 series leads, but we're talking about super close games. All of them have gone to overtimes. Uh, and, and it wasn't that one team, you know, had a tremendous effort and, and, and blew it or, uh, you know, just kind of – they just all just kind of floated around in the middle of the game, right? Like the, there's, there's just been one or two instances of a mistake happening that leads to the game-winning goal or, or a big situation that shifts momentum. Other than that, we've been seeing, you know – pretty you know back and forth hockey it's been entertaining uh certainly not dull i know a lot of people were kind of saying maybe you know yesterday's uh game with vegas and dallas was a, was a tad bit dull but if you're really watching closely that was entertaining and i, I tweeted about it i said this reminds me of teams i've seen win before it reminded me of those hawks teams and those kings teams they had games and wins during those series during those runs where you know, they got a couple of goals and then they just it wasn't that they were sitting on the lead or sitting, you know, comfortably. They were just playing their game and taking everybody else out of it. They were wearing their opponents down, wearing the crowd down. Think about when Vegas tied the game. The crowd was, of course, electric at that moment and in the seconds afterward. But it wasn't the same kind of buzz you would see if, if Vegas had scored a, a goal, in, you know, in the second period. Yeah. Uh, it, it was it was just different because the crowd, you know, you're watching playoff hockey, and I think all of us can relate to this as fans and certainly as betters, it, it can wear on you. And, and that crowd seemed a bit worn out by the style of, of, of play that Dallas was dictating for most of that part. One mistake leads to Vegas tying the game up, and then anything goes in OT. We've seen the old quick overtime goals here. It's funny, three quick overtime goals and then one four-overtime game. So that's that's kind of the, the fascinating uh, stretch of it. But, uh, yeah, it's just exciting hockey. It's making it tough to bet on nowadays, of course. And uh, with all the futures and different plays I have, everything looks to be in trouble, I'll be fully honest with you. Uh, everybody knows how, how much I love Dallas and – you know, as well as we've done with Dallas this postseason, everything might go up in flames as far as uh, futures in the conference and the cup if they don't get their act together in game three. Right, and that becomes a, a definitely a, a must for them. We'll start there. You mentioned it. Uh, Dallas and Vegas, uh, that was the game that took place yesterday. Uh, another overtime game. That's four conference finals games and four overtime games here. Maybe you should just be betting the draw every game. That's actually what I'm doing now. Uh, is just going to bet this draw every single time right now, both series. I mean, and because we have just seen very little separation, the margins have been razor thin in both conference finals so far, and it's obviously played out that way with four conference finals games uh, and four of them, all four of them going to overtime so far. Uh, it's like a two-by-four upside the head if you're the Dallas Stars yesterday. I mean, if you, you are in complete control, you couldn't have played a much better game on the road in the playoffs. I mean, you held the decisive puck possession you know, advantage. You were in Vegas's zone more often than not. You didn't let give up very much at all in terms of quality scoring chances to the Golden Knights. You played an impeccable defensive game for the most part. You know, it wasn't even this Jake Ottinger like we thought 
you know, midway through the third, it's going to be another Dallas win bouncing back off a loss, but it's wasn't necessarily going to be that Jake Ottinger masterpiece. He really didn't have to be great. He wasn't very busy for much of that game yesterday. That is how well they played defensively for much of the game. Just carried the play, just gave Vegas nothing. But all of a sudden, um, old man Winter, Ryan Suter, decided I'm throwing this pizza uh, up the uh, middle of the ice there in my own zone. It's going to get picked off. And sure enough, great pass, too, to find Marcia So for the tying goal. Just a mistake that a veteran defenseman can't make. Someone that Ryan Suter's experience level shouldn't make, but he made it. And that's the unfortunate part. It ends up tied. And then, of course, in overtime, just bad tracking of the puck and just not having your man right in front of the net in terms of letting Chandler Stevenson get to that loose puck in front of Jake Ottinger. He bangs it home and just all of a sudden in a blink, like Dallas probably doesn't know what hit him. We played a phenomenal 50, 55 minutes of hockey on the road in game two yesterday, leading that game two to one from the mid part of the second period. And to just all of a sudden, bam, Vegas ties it off a turnover and then wins it in overtime. That's a painful loss. I don't care what anyone says. That is a very painful loss. That's a tough one to swallow if you're the Dallas Stars, considering how well you played for much of that game. And this is going to be the ultimate test of mental adversity uh, here, Alex, for Dallas going into game three on Tuesday night. They need that one. You can't go down 3 nothing to a team as good as Vegas. Hell, any team at this stage of the playoffs when we're talking conference finals. These teams are too good, in our opinion, probably to come back 3 nothing down. Uh, at this stage of the season. So it's a must for Dallas, but they've got to be in the right frame of mind. Somehow it may not be easy, but somehow they've got to shake that off, put it behind them as difficult as it might be and say, Hey, we got to go win a game three. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 you know, we've seen this team be resilient during the postseason. Uh, We've seen them be resilient during the regular season as well. And and now they have to really bring their eight plus game uh, in game three and they have to do it early. Uh, you know, they have the crowd on their side going back home and they have to, to use that to rally them and uh, and get things rolling if they want to make this a series. You know, I don't think they get swept, but they definitely, uh, and like I said, the, old, the odds of coming back from, from down 3-0, especially at this point, uh, are, are slim to none. But it's definitely going to be an uphill battle uh, if they don't get up to even just a, a good start early in the, in the first period of that game. So that, that's crucial and maybe kind of tipping my cap a little bit to what I'm going to be playing. Uh, in, in that game three tomorrow as well. Oops. Yeah, I mean, for Dallas, definitely it is a, a game for them where they got to have, you know, that, that's the one thing they've actually done pretty well in this series is they led one nothing after the first period in game one. And uh, even the start yesterday was good, even with the, really the only reason it was tied after the first period was Dallas got called for two penalties at once to put Vegas on a two minute five on three you know, which allowed them that opportunity to uh, tie the game there. But, you know, it's got to be frustrating. Too. I just had to laugh, too, when that game ended. Jason Robertson's finally arrived in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and now his team's down 2 nothing. He's probably thinking, I can't fucking win here in these Stanley Cup playoffs, right? First two rounds, team's winning, but I'm not doing shit offensively. The puck's just not going in for me. I'm snake bit. I'm having chances. I'm getting opportunities, and the puck is just not going in the net. And now I finally scored in back-to-back games. And isn't that how it always works, too, for a great goal scorer and a great offensive player? Just nothing for two rounds. And then all of a sudden scores in game one against Vegas and scores again yesterday in game two, game goals in consecutive games after a long drought. That's always seems to be how it works. But at the same time, Robertson's thinking, okay, I'm finally ar- I finally arrived. Stanley Cup playoffs, the alarm clock went off. I'm, my offense is coming back. I'm getting my confidence back. I'm getting my swagger back. Goals in two straight games, and now we're not fucking winning as a team. You know, <laughs> that's tough. That's tough. Yeah, yeah, it's it's unfortunate, and, and and you know, like I said, for the fact that you get this far without your top scorer, uh, you know, playing like that, and like I said, now for now for him to show up in, in a crunch time, he has to continue that, right? You know, he can't get discouraged. And he also can't look at it and say, well, you know, anything's his fault. It's like, no, this is, it's, a, it's a full team effort. But now he's got to step up and be that that true leader, that true leading scorer uh, and carry them, you know, the rest of the way. We've seen that with Kachuk in Florida. You have to have that one guy step up. I, I don't care if you have 25 guys scoring at least one goal in the playoffs. That's not what matters. At the end of the day, you have to have those star players, the, the, the people who carry you all the way through, they have to step up in those big times, make those big moments, big goals. Uh, and JR is going to have to continue to do that, uh, probably double up his workload, honestly, if Dallas wants a chance in the series. 
Absolutely. And I think uh, definitely uh, Sagan's got to be a little bit more assertive. I haven't loved his first two games. He had a great chance in game one. He hit the post, but I think he's got to step up. I mean, uh, Ben got, got you the tying goal in game one, so I'm okay with the way he's played and actually had some chances yesterday. But yeah, it's just finish uh, around the net. Not enough of it. They had chances to extend that 2-1 lead and they could not do it. Let's give Vegas a lot of credit, though. I mean, there's a reason they beat Edmonton. There's a reason they're up 2-0 in this series. They are terrific, line one through four. They're all interchangeable. They can all make an impact for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. That's what's so special. I mean, Teddy Bluger, you know, scores a goal for them uh, here in game one uh, the other night. So, you know, he's a fourth-line player. I mean, that is why they are a dangerous team. Line one through four can make an impact, and I don't know if there's a better one through six. See, that's another issue that Dallas has to overcome in this series, Alex. There's no way one through six their blue line is as good as Vegas or as deep as Vegas, you, you're starting to see that law firm of uh, Harley and Hanley uh, on the blue line for the uh, Dallas Stars make some mistakes and have a real thing, take some penalties, get hemmed in their own zone and cough up the puck. And that's the glaring difference, I think, right now in this series. And it could still be the glaring difference moving forward is that when you look at these two teams on the blue line right now, Dallas, after you get past Haskin and Lindell, Miller and well, Suter had been playing okay, but obviously just an egregious turnover yesterday. But then there's Harley and Hanley as their third pair. You know, Vegas's third pair is Haig and White Cloud. I'll take Haig and White Cloud in a heartbeat uh, over Harley and Hanley for the uh, Dallas Stars. So that ends up being the big, you know, concern for Dallas moving forward is you've got this beast of a blue line here, Martinez, Petrangelo, McNabb, Theodore, Haig, and White Cloud, and I can't match that. You know, I have Haskinen, who's an all-world defenseman. I have a, okay, a decent defenseman in Lindell, decent defenseman in Miller. Suter obviously had a bad giveaway yesterday, so that's not good. And then Harley and Hanley, who didn't have a great game yesterday either, or in game one for that matter. So that depth of the blue line is showing up so far in this series for the Vegas Golden Knights. And um, But it's not over yet. Dallas just got to go back home and find a way to win game three in front of that raucous crowd and get Pantera rolling early in that game. Yeah. You know, that's what they've got to do. They got to get on the board early, get the crowd into it, get that uh, goal song playing, blaring in the uh, arena there. Uh, and all of a sudden, I think some of that confidence will start uh, to come back uh, for them. Speaking of confidence coming back, as we turn our attention to tonight, game three, Eastern Conference Finals, will the uh, confidence come back for the Carolina Hurricanes? Very, very similar uh, script to the Western finals where Carolina probably doesn't feel like they deserve to be down two nothing here in this series, kind of like Dallas. They probably don't feel like they deserve to be down two nothing, but here they are in a spot now where they've got to find a way to win on the road tonight at FLA live arena as the Panthers return home for game three with a two nothing series lead game three, even money minus one ten, uh, both sides, five and a half, the total uh, in this game. So I'll say this, Florida's up 2-0 in this series, but I've cashed a ticket in the first two games with the Carolina Hurricanes. Pause. First period, that is. Um, just to make sure we don't you know, confuse anybody or people think I've been drinking already today on this uh, Victoria Day uh, holiday. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I have cashed tickets with Carolina in the first two games, believe it or not, of this series because I only took them first period uh, in game one. I only took them uh, first period uh, in game two. And in both instances, they were leading one nothing uh, after the opening 20 minutes of play. And it was after that in both games where we really saw the Florida Panthers get better, get stronger, you know, get their way back into the game because they're just the ultimate, uh, the, the ultimate piece of resilience right now, the Florida Panthers. They are. I mean, they just don't ever go away. They never get shaken. Uh, and they just battle their way back into games. And they got a goaltender that it obviously is doing an impeccable job keeping his team in the game. Like, again, in game two, Bobrovsky never let that thing get to 2 nothing for Carolina. Even after that onslaught, what were the shots? At one point, I think they were 16-2 to or something close to that yeah. for Carolina in the first period of game two. I mean, it was just all hurricanes. They couldn't have asked for a better start. And if you're Rod Brindamore in the press conference, I don't blame him for being mystified. He's like, how am I going to criticize my guys for losing this game? I thought we did everything we could at the start. We were swarming Florida. We did all the right things. We had the puck. Um, we had all, a bunch of chances, and we just didn't put it uh, into the net enough to give ourselves you know, a little bit of a cushion 
uh, early in that game. Florida, as they did in game one, got better and stronger. And that's something to notice. I mean, one game, it's, you know, maybe not a pattern. Game two, when it happens two games in a row, maybe it is becoming a pattern. That just Florida gets better as the game goes on. If you remember that overtime game in game one, the marathon overtime affair in game one, the Florida Panthers were the much better team in the four overtime periods. They were. I mean, they got better. They got stronger. Uh, after Carolina was carrying the play for much of regulation that night, Florida was better in the four overtimes. And again, with the game two, you know, Florida got better as the game went on. So that is becoming a little bit of a pattern now that we've seen with this series is that Carolina hot start, but then the Florida Panthers end up just, you know, getting better, digging in their four check has forced Carolina into some of the turnovers that you just don't typically see uh, from them either. A couple of these goals, a couple of beauty goals too. I mean, that Alexander Barkov tying goal uh, in game two is just an unbelievable goal, just faking the between the legs and then going backhand uh, and just freezing anti Ranta for just a moment to be able to get him to bite on that. Uh, and it ended up tying the game. And then, of course, Matthew, uh, the, the, the power play goal, and it was a penalty. I don't want to hear Carolina fans screaming about how oh, it's a bad call. They had to call that. It took away a scoring chance. It was, it was a good penalty call. You know, I, I, I always say in overtime, call it unless it's something really egregious. That one you had to call, and Florida made Carolina pay for it. I mean, the pass from Reinhardt to Kachuk, man, that was just something else. It was just perfect. Nobody could react in time. Uh, a perfect pass to Kachuk, who uh, fires it past uh, uh, Anti Ranta for the overtime winner. And that's two games in a row where it's let's go home, baby, as uh, Steve Goldstein, Goldie on ice, would say. And it's kind of like the uh, on ice uh, reenactment of let's go home, baby, with that Kachuk Selly following these two overtime games where it's just get out the uh, side door there, get off the ice as quick as possible, get back to that dressing room. Uh, quite the uh, celebration. It's funny. It's the same guy, and it happened two games in a row, the same celebration. So pretty incredible stuff. Look, they're 9-1 and one in their last 10 playoff games now, the Florida Panthers. This is a sensational run. It Even in a spot where you know Carolina's backs are against the wall, it's the height of urgency, the height of desperation for Rod Brindamore's team. I'm not in a rush to take, certainly full game, I'm not in a rush to take Carolina. I'm not. I mean, this Florida team's just on this magic carpet ride. They can do no wrong. They're getting the goaltending of a lifetime right now from Sergei Bobrovsky. Their best players seem to score in the clutch. They're capitalizing on opportunities. Their penalty kill has suddenly gotten a lot better uh, as the uh, playoffs have progressed. Their forecheck has turned even a Carolina team that doesn't give up many high-danger chances. They've coughed up high-danger chances to Florida because of turnovers that the Panthers' forecheck has been able to force in the uh, first two games of this series. So, you know, it's uh, Carolina's got to throw everything at Bobrovsky, but not a lot's getting past that guy uh, right now with the way uh, he has been playing. So uh, what I'm going to do here in Game 3 for a game that I am very, very much think this is a tough game, uh, because I know for Carolina, this is a must. They're not going to be able to go down 3 nothing and expect to win this series. Uh, but I'm going to go with what has worked for me in this series, and that's a first-period puck line look uh, on the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Um, it's cashed in each of the first two games. There's no reason not to expect Carolina to once again be focused on a strong start. I know it hasn't resulted in Ws here in the first two games, the strong first periods they've had, but you would think still they want to get that first goal, take the crowd out of it. You can get with the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, by the way, plus 195 with them, or even plus 200 uh, with the uh, first period puck line. So I'm going to go for that extra bang for the buck. You know, you could play it safe and go first period money line if you want. Uh, if you were just, you know, in case it's tied, you'll get the push. Minus 104, minus, 10, minus 110 is what we're looking at for first period money line. But I'm going to go for that minus a half around plus 200 for uh, Carolina first period puck line. Uh, which, again, they've had a lead after the first period in the first two games. We'll go back to that well. It's basically, for me, at least as far as pregame bets are concerned, uh, Carolina first period puck line and the draw. Uh, I'm going to go back to the well with that. How can you not? It's very difficult not to with the way these games have been tight. There's been very little separation in both conference finals uh, so far. So for me, that's going to be the two looks here pregame is we're going to go with the uh, first period puck line uh, on the Carolina Hurricanes, again, at an excellent price uh, with that uh, as well. Talking, you know, upwards of plus 195, plus 200 for that Carolina first period puck line. And also going to go back to the well with the draw. And again, FanDuel usually has the best uh, price with that, plus 360 
uh, at uh, FanDuel for the uh, draw. They still haven't made a huge adjustment. Think about it. There's two overtime games in this series and in all four conference finals games so far, and you can still get plus 360 for a draw at FanDuel. Pretty good price there. Uh, Alex, game three East finals. What do you think? Carolina, Florida. Yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated by it. I mean, we've seen some adjustments with offshore books. I've seen plus 315, plus 320, plus 325. The fact that we're still getting above $3 at this point is shocking because, uh, you know, with the fact that you're having overtimes in every game so far, we're going to talk about, you know, uh, with these two teams specifically, with five of the last six now for Florida, uh, four of the last six for Carolina. So these are teams that, you know, if we were seeing these numbers in the regular season, we probably would be seeing that 290, 285 mark. Uh, with both of these teams in, in a regular, just kind of a streak fashion. And have to stress it, like I always do, you have to play the three-way draw. Do not do the yes, no prop uh, for overtime because that's when I'm seeing the changes. I'm seeing plus 275, plus 280 for, for yes in overtime. Do not bet that. Don't cheat yourself. Uh, and at some point you think these books would have to stop offering that big of a difference between the, the draw and overtime when it's literally the same thing. So play the three-way draw, play the regulation draw. Do not play the yes-no prop. I uh, just have to have to always stress that. But for Carolina, it's it's, it's tough to say that they got to change something, right? Like I said, they've been you know jumping out to leads early, dominating the pace of play, and then just kind of breaking down. So the thing they have to, to, to change is really within the second and third periods. Maybe you, you kind of conserve your energy a little bit in the first – to stay sharp in the second and third. Uh, and that's hard to, you know, ask of, of a group, especially when you're down two games in the, in the series, uh, want to try and get that momentum back. But it's just kind of hard. That's what Carolina's kind of – they're more battling themselves than they are Florida uh, at, at this is trying to figure out what's going to work. For Florida, you definitely don't change anything. You just keep riding the same wave and momentum. All the momentum's on their side, right? I mean, this team's not supposed to be here this this at this point. You know, nobody expected Bobrovsky to be the guy to stand up and, and take over the reins the way he did. Kachuk, of course, has been playing great, but he's stepped his game up to another level as well. Uh, and Florida just got to try to find a way to to dominate, play like the better team. They are the better team right now, and and arguably all the, of the four teams that are still left in the playoffs. The way that they're playing with their momentum on their side, they have to really just use that and rally to that. They can get out to a, a big lead early and, and put Carolina away. Not only would Carolina be done in this game, I think this that's when you start talking about a real chance at a sweep here. So for Florida to try to win this thing out in four, they have to have a huge first period. So if you like Florida in any fashion, especially early in this game, might as well grab – I mean, it's not worth much of anything, but you might as well grab Florida for the sweep because I think that's the difference here. If Carolina can, can keep it close, Florida finds a way to, to get a win, especially in overtime again – then Carolina's still alive to, to, to get a shot in game four. But if they can come out and dominate and, and establish the, the tempo and pace early, get two or three goals and, and maybe uh, chase Anderson out of the net, have to go back to Ronta, then that's when I think Carolina is going to, you know, we'll, we'll see the defeat in their body language uh, and just their overall sense that, you know, Florida ha will have all the control going their way. So the first period's huge. I'm staying out of this game altogether. Uh, I did grab a little bit of the draw. I've been betting the draw small. Uh, this whole time, and so I haven't really upped it or, or tried to, you know, you know, bump it to a full unit because I feel like if I do that, then that's the time the streak's going to end. So I'm just keeping it small uh, with the draw, but nothing super official. Uh, certainly not like anything of the best bet material with this game. Just want to see what's going to happen in that first period. You know what I find shocking about this series too, and I've got to bring it out. I, I thought there was definitely a defensive edge for Carolina, like blue line wise. When you look at that six, Jacob Slavin. Brent Burns, Brady Shea, Brett Pesci. Gostas Bear's the one that's still a little iffy, but he's played better with Carolina. He's negated a lot of the mistakes he was known for with Philly and Arizona. And Jalen Chatfield's played pretty solid. That's a really good one through six. I've been shocked, though, what Florida's gotten from their depth blue liners. We know Forsling, Ekblad, Montour have been excellent. Racco Gudis has been, this is some of the best hockey I've ever seen him play, honestly, defensively. He's been physical. He's been blocking shots left and right. Uh, same with Montour. They all have been, but they've all been really committed to just being strong, good gap control uh, in the neutral zone, kind of playing the way Carolina plays, kind of be giving the Hurricanes a taste of their own medicine. You know, I think that they're kind of all playing over their heads because I'm not sure in the course of a regular season and playoffs combined that Radko Gudis is this good, that Josh Mahura is this good. Um, Mark Stahl, Mark Stahl, man, it's like, just turn back the clock. 
I mean, this is staggering to me. The minutes he's playing at his age, which shows you Paul Maurice has confidence in him right now, uh, the way he's playing at the moment, because Mark Stahl, the last year was an awful year for him. Awful. But look at him now here in these playoff games. I mean, he's out there for 20 minutes, you know, 25 minutes in a lot of these games. Um, you know, he's a, he's a 20 to 25 minute player right now on the blue line, which is unheard of, you know, or an unthinkable that Mark Stahl would be playing this much at 35 years old. Not only playing that much, but playing as well, you know, as he is with all those minutes. Like, I haven't seen too many mistakes out of him. And for a guy that's kind of had a couple rough seasons and people thought, oh, best years are behind Mark Stahl. Man, has he turned back the clock and drink, drinking some of that fountain of youth here in, in these playoffs for the Florida Panthers? That's the key, one of the absolute keys to this series so far, really the playoff run. Whether they've overachieved, whether they've played over their heads, maybe that's probably part of it. But if it's that or not, give them credit. The blue line of the Florida Panthers, which was thought was a, a huge issue for them in some of these series against Boston, against Toronto, against Carolina now. They're playing amazing as a collective and they're matching Boston or beating Boston defensively because it was Boston's fucking blue line making all the mistakes. Toronto's blue line making all the mistakes. Horrendous coverage on the Reinhardt overtime goal in game three that really sunk the series for the Leafs. I still remember that. Awful. I don't know what TJ Brody was doing still uh, on that play. And here in this series, this is probably the best group of six they've gone up against next to Boston here, Carolina, and Florida's holding their own against this group defensively with their blue line. And in fact, outplaying Carolina's at times, because I think Carolina's blue lines probably had a few more turnovers in this series than Florida's has had. So give Maurice and the staff credit. They've coached this blue line up because there's no way you look at these blue lines, Alex, on paper, there's no way anyone's going to say, I'll take Florida's one through six over Carolina. There's no way I'll take Florida's one through six over Toronto and especially over Boston. And here's Florida's blue line out playing all of them, out playing all of them so far in this series. Unbelievable job. And you can say all you want. Hey, they're playing over their heads. They never played this way in the regular season. Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit at this point that they didn't play this way in the regular season? They, they didn't play this good. They didn't get these minutes out of Mahura. They didn't get these minutes out of Mark Stahl. They didn't get these minutes out of Radko Gudas. Who gives a shit now? They're getting these quality minutes out of them right now, and it's and it's just making the world a difference for them. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and the biggest thing too is like I said, you know, somebody in the chat was saying about how this is you know unsustainable. You can't say that anymore at this point. We're 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 so deep into the end that like I said, they only need six wins to to, to clinch it all. So this this yeah. is still quite sustainable, honestly. The the way that they're playing, and, and like I said, we've seen this story. Time and time again with different teams in the playoffs, you just get on this hot run uh, and, and find ways to win. It's not like I said, you know, we're not going to see this team look like this probably next season. Uh, certainly, and especially if they go on to win it all. But uh, yeah, but what they're doing right now, they just, you know, they, you know use that team of destiny. Uh, you hear that thrown around often, but that, that's they have that feel to it. They have that kind of aura around them right now at this point. Very comparable to one of the teams most recently that won the Stanley Cup, the St. Louis Blues. It was the final season before the pandemic, 2019. Mediocre regular season, coaching change. Uh, they ended up just getting barely getting into the playoffs, but they got in and they were hot going in. Uh, and look, that, that was a blue line too, that throughout the course of the season, ah, they didn't play great. And all of a sudden they're playing over their heads in the playoffs. They go all the way to the cup final, beat Boston, you know, in seven games. I mean, that looks like the blueprint of the Florida Panthers right now. Now, Florida's still got six wins to get. Let's not forget that. And two more wins to get in this series. We can't count Carolina out completely. But, no, that's that's what it takes. It just takes everybody playing their peak form collectively at the same time. And that's what's happening with the Florida Panthers. Blue line, one through six, peak form collectively. Forwards, first line, second line, third line, fourth line, peak form collectively. Sergei Bobrovsky. Absolutely peak form. He hasn't had this kind of form probably in four years, at least, in net for the uh, Florida Panthers. So that's what it takes to go on a run and maybe win a Stanley Cup at this time of year. Everyone's got to play their best form, their peak form at the same time, at the same time. And you're seeing that right now from the uh, Florida Panthers. And it's uh, pretty incredible to watch. This is one of the more surreal, stunning, impressive, and at the same time, incredible runs 
I've seen just because of where they were. I mean, they still needed, didn't they still need like Pittsburgh to lose to uh, Chicago and somehow that happened? And we're not even talking about any of this shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if Pittsburgh we were on the backcast. fucking yeah, stubbed their toe down the stretch, Chicago and Columbus and some of these games that they lost that they shouldn't have. Uh, and Florida may not even be in this postseason chase uh, when it was all said and done. So, but here we are. And it's it's going to be, if they finish this deal, win this series, go to the final, win the cup, this is going to end up being one of the most uh, insane and un- improbable Stanley Cup playoff runs that we'll have ever seen, honestly. I, I think that's where it will be uh, when it's all said and done. No question about that. And that's in spite of the fact that Florida was a President's Trophy winner last year, which I do say, like, we know there is talent there, and this was a President's Trophy winner last year. But considering what we saw in the mess of the team and the inconsistency and the erratic play of this group for much of the regular season, this is still if they finish the deal and they finish the job, one of the more improbable uh, championships we'll have seen uh, in the NHL uh, in a long period of time. But a huge game three tonight. Looking forward to it. As far as the total goes, I know there's some people in the chat. I'm pumping the brakes on the over, but I'm not jumping to the under either. Uh, Let me put it that way. I'm not jumping to the under. Uh, My handicap of game two was that with all the fatigue factor and all the minutes on the ice for those defensemen, both sides, game two, there'd be a lot more sloppiness with the puck and turnovers. And to me, the pace was good and there were some mistakes, but goalies were cleaning up the mistakes, especially goalie Bob in particular. So that's the problem. You've got to overcome this this heroic goaltending if you're going to cash an over in this series. Uh, and that's going to be the question. Speaking of goaltending, by the way, I know I didn't mention this, but Freddie Anderson, uh, it's not a surprise at all back in net. Uh, tonight for game three. They just wanted to give him the one game rest uh, and it is back to him in net. And prop wise, I'm going to be careful with props like because, you know, two one game the other night, that's not good if you're going to bet a ton of props and even uh, the shots on goal were hit or miss. So be careful with the props. But again, Barkov's the hot commodity for Florida in this series. Like I say, his offense was pretty, uh, you know, not, not, not non-existent, but he was not a focal point offensively in the first two rounds. He's gotten his game back. Kachuk for Hagee. I think are uh, worth a look. Duclair seems to have had a bunch of chances too. And I'm if you're going to take a shot, a little bit of a bargain bin there, uh, Anthony Duclair up on that top line. Really, that top line's been excellent for Florida. For Hagee, Barkov, and Duclair, I wouldn't talk anyone, you know, out of props involving them. I think for Carolina, you know, here's who you point to. I think tonight, Aho, Marty Natchez. These are two guys that have been carrying the load, offensively in particular, for much of the season. If Carolina is going to win tonight and put their best foot forward, and if they're going to finally uh, break this, uh, what looks like at times an impenetrable wall in front of Sergei Bobrovsky, those are two of the guys that are going to have to do it and produce. Sir, uh, Sebastian Ajo and, of course, uh, Marty Natchez for the Hurricanes. You're seeing Foss's production slow down. Jordan Martinuk, you know, after that incredible series against New Jersey, has been pretty quiet here in the uh, conference finals so far. I think if you're going to look at props for Carolina tonight, you focus on Aho and you focus on Natchez, okay, in particular, because these are definitely the two guys uh, that have, have been uh, getting the uh, job done all season for them and are going to have to in a spot like this tonight where the Her- Carolina Hurricanes desperately need a victory. Uh, all right, there you go. That's game three, Eastern Conference Finals, Carolina, Florida. We want to remind you there definitely will be a bet cast Wednesday night because there will be obviously a game four. Florida, Carolina. The question is, will it be Carolina back in the series and down two to one? Or are we going to be on the BetCast Wednesday night with the potential of a Florida sweep on Wednesday night, which could end up being the case. So Wednesday night, 8 o'clock p.m. uh, Eastern time is going to be the uh, start of that BetCast. So make sure uh, you join us for that 8 p.m. Eastern time uh, on Wednesday night. Again, if you want to join us for the BetCast, DM me at Bobano on Twitter. Uh, or email Bobano350 uh, at gmail.com, and we will send you the link for the uh, BetCast before it begins. And again, live betting, commentary, drinking, encourage, the usual. And again, if you want to join us on the uh, BetCast, make sure you DM me at Bobano on Twitter or email Bobano350 uh, at gmail.com. I believe we have, uh, we were supposed to have Nick Minerva joining us. We thought we might have to reschedule, but it looks like he's try- he's trying to join us right now uh, as we speak. There he is. What's going Sorry, on? Sorry, guys. What's up? <laughs> it went to spam, and I was like, uh oh, I have no idea where to find this and that. And now I'm here. <laughs> I apologize. 
I, that's what it is. We send the uh, link for people and ever they join us as guests uh, on the uh, show. And it usually, and it, sometimes it doesn't always go right into their uh, inbox, but there we go. That's the reason. So there we go. We got Nick with us now. Uh, Nick, uh, good to have you. It's good that you joined, but when we did, we were going to end the show basically in like five minutes. So just in the fucking nick of time, but no pun intended. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I honestly did not plan that. People say I plan this stuff with the segues and the puns and all this. No, I don't. I swear to God, I don't. But uh, good to have you with us. Uh, talk about, you know, you were playing, uh, obviously, a uh, pro this season and uh, also the company, Advocate Athlete, that you're uh, running right now. Tell us a little yeah. about that. Yeah, so uh, just to touch base, I'm a defenseman. I'm a 96 born. I played in the SBHL this past year for the Birmingham Bulls. Unfortunately, I got injured halfway through the year, so um had to take a, uh, a step back. But um Luckily enough, my coaches uh, allowed me to be on the bench and assistant coach as well and run the defensemen. So, and then I had the respect of my peers and my teammates to actually hold them accountable, which I understand that might be a weird little thing. This guy was your teammate and now he's sitting here screaming and yelling at you on the bench. Uh, so I applaud them to uh, <clears throat> listening to me and uh, believing in uh, what I had to uh, give them. And in terms of the advocate athlete, it's about three months in. Uh, thank you for asking, by the way. It's kind of a custom prehensive hockey development and advising services. The end goal would be to build an academy and really start something there. I think that the uh, hockey world is craving for a change in the narrative. Um, and I believe that the, this company will be the jumpstart to really making that change in this world that we need. All right. I like the uh, mindset there. It's funny. Uh... He was on our show last year during the playoffs, Matt Carey. Uh, he's got a hockey academy right here in my backyard, Hamilton, nice. right now going on. And he's, it's okay. going quite well for him. So good for uh, that's him. definitely uh, good. So Birmingham Bulls, right, this past uh, season, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, you know what? And this is this 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 is a day like we always do this with the player that joins us for the first time. We get the the clip. We get the highlight reel. We go to the vault. We find <laughs> okay. something uh, from uh -huh. there. Uh, playing days and i'm telling you right now uh we found something pretty damn good as far as our guy nick minerva here uh, is uh concerned and uh let me just uh bring this up but uh when you look at this league too this is uh sphl right i've yes, got that, that right correct. yeah i've that got that correct. right okay yeah this is definitely going to be uh this was this is a hilarious stuff this is the kind of stuff i don't think we see enough of in hockey you know it, this wasn't a full-on line brawl this past season but it got a little heated <laughs> It got a little cantankerous. There was some, uh, <laughs> there was some physicality being exchanged here. It was, and it's pretty recent, Nick. This is from the past season. It was uh, a, a team I think you played for previously, making mayhem actually <laughs> against uh, your Birmingham Bulls. And I'm telling okay. you what, uh, this was a nice little mini little line brawl. And our guy here, Nick, was a big part. Headed off. Here we go. With a good defensive play, although he, now here we go. Rose got a little upset that the holding wasn't called and an elbow came up and now And they just all pile in there. There's the Nick number boards. five there. You can see him. This got someone in the headlock right now. Yeah, the go to. <laughs> Carson Rose, I know's there. Hayes is there. Hayes the former bull and Rose, now look out. Minerva. Oh boy. And then yeah, you separate from the pack and you take on this guy Murray. Now you start swinging. Well, we're not done, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I love this shit, man. This is old. Oh, this this is funny. Eh? I'm trying to avoid this stuff later in my career so I can try to show people that I don't just do this. And here we are. <laughs> I was looking for some bulls, man. I swear. I was looking for some bull highlights. Oh, God. Yeah. They're few and far in between recently. And then look at you separate there and you like swung them around. And then you got the tongue sticking out at him. Like, and he's coming after you. He's still. He doesn't. He doesn't. We want some more. He's not done with you yet. And you're giving him the old bye bye. Yeah, I get paid to be the antagonizer. And you played that role to the tits right there. Uh, no question. Uh, fun shit right there. Good stuff indeed. Um, now. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. I forgot about that. Well, the good news is, and that's the funny thing, is that we've had some of our guests, and I play a random clip from their past. It's like we never forget. We find it somehow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> whatever you think you left in your past, we'll bring it back uh, into real life here. Uh, for I you. love it. 
but uh, that was that. good. So um, I know in terms of your playing style, uh, describe it. Cause I know you don't mind mixing it up, but at the same time, you also want to show to the coaches, Hey, I, I'm more than just someone out there to ruffle some feathers. Yeah, I guess <clears throat> growing up, I was always the go-to guy. So I've always had to do everything even from the back end. Um, I'm also undersized. Uh, with that being said, I would say like, typically I would try to portray myself as a two-way hockey player. As I'm navigating through this aspect, I feel like I think a better word that should be honestly in the lingo of hockey is a game changer. Like, and it yeah. sounds a little conceited and stuff like that, but I've had many coaches in my past and people have seen it that like, I find that my will is a lot stronger than a lot of people. And I found that's allowed me to have a lot of success, whether or not um, first impressions, a big deal I find in hockey. And I think that negates that. And that's why I want to start this business. I think it negates uh, the ability to give someone a chance because, okay, they might have bad hands, but the guy has 25 goals, like, and you're not going to question that, but you're not going to give him a chance and to be able to showcase that ability and show you that off that first impression. I don't think that's the right thing, but that's the world we live in right now. Um, so if anybody asked me, I would say to a hockey player, I have to take extreme pride in playing defense and being positionally sound, but I think I can help push the pace offensively as well. And I've done it my whole career. Uh, I would like to think that. Um, I, I'm looked at as a guy five on five, that's a little more of a containing. So it takes away that I think I have a knack to be able to produce on the power play it's just that those guys are typically the guys that are very flashy or look the part more or less so i always try to explain it now that i'm navigating through this it's like okay like you get the really high-end skill guy and then nick minerva the really high-end skill guy every 10 reps will look <laughs> great every time but may not score nick minerva will screw up three times fall over three times might mess up one time but the other three times it'll be in the back of the net so in, in reality, I'm still up three nothing. <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to put it. But you're also gonna go head over fist to get a to score a goal. You'll go to tough areas, you'll take a pounding yeah. and, and try yeah. to find a way to put the puck in the fucking net, which a lot of <laughs> don't do that enough. It, uh, it's it's I'm it's, talking about you, yeah. Austin Matthews. Hello. <laughs> it's funny you bring that up. It's funny you bring that up now because I'm 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 I think as I'm going to get into the coaching aspect. I think a best way to describe players and like who I'm going to, to, to go after are leaders 100%. And two are the guys that like are considered dogs and a guy considered a dog, in my opinion, right now that we're seeing evident from is Matthew Kachuk. You look at his past and you look at his, at his, at his recent years, you see somebody that has won at every single level and has had success. Yep. Like in the reality of the situation is what has McDavid done? I mean, is he one of the most elite ho is the most elite hockey player there ever has been? Uh, Alex Ovechkin had to learn the hard way. He need to incorporate defense within his game to be able to pay the ultimate price, and that's to win. And I think that some of this stuff uh, takes away from how kids should approach the game of hockey. Like, yeah, it's one thing to be so offensively minded and so great. I think we play the game to, to win. We don't play the game to make millions of dollars. And if that's your prerogative, okay, I get that. But it should be to, to be winning at all costs. That's why you play the game. That's why you grew up playing it. So we've, we've got some concerns with a handful of players, maybe with that mindset in the NHL. I want the bag. <laughs> I want to get fucking paid. You know, winning is, you know, the second thought. That's everywhere I find in a league like the NBA, where it's just it's mm -hmm. it's insanity. And I know Barkley has just uh, been sounding off on people for resting and load management in that league, and, and just mm -hmm. you got a hangnail, and all of a sudden you're out and not playing one night in the NBA. It's just absolutely fucking absurd, you know, mm -hmm. that those guys just uh, they'll take a night off at any uh, at any length. Uh, basically, but uh, no, there's right there's there's a price you have to pay to win in the playoffs. You know, you got to take punishment. You got to dole out punishment as well mm -hmm. and you've got to find a way to just you know go that extra mile you got to play a 200 foot game you've got to be relentless in puck pursuit and there's two you know the, for the floaters of the uh, national hockey league that's not a good thing for them because uh, <laughs> you've got to be able to uh, be able to play at both ends of the ice and there's not always that commitment and i think mm -hmm. if in the case of mcdavid and especially in the case of matthews and martin those leaf guys that keep falling short there's that issue with that commitment to be able to do that uh, mm -hmm. and consistently for 60 minutes, not do yeah. it for one shift and then not do it the next shift because that one mm -hmm. shift, you don't do it. 
the puck's in the back mm-hmm. of your net. And that's what yeah. happened in one game for Toronto against Florida in the last mm-hmm. round, game two, when they had that great first period. Two bad shifts where they coughed up the damn puck in, at their own blue line, and it ended up in the uh, back of their net. By the way, that is stuff that the uh, advocate athlete folks will not teach to their <laughs> yeah, Thank you. Yeah, I mean, another prime example, I, I know you guys watch a lot of hockey. Last year, for example, Calgary was playing Edmonton. I watched Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid literally take the fall reins and come back and tie the game up down 6-3 to three to make it 6-6. Six to six. I applaud them. I couldn't even believe what they did. It was amazing to watch it. The next shift after to tie that game up, they blew the zone and left them be a 5-on-3 and got scored on and got sent home. That, that's, that's the problem. Like You just did all that work to get back into this game and then you blew the zone just to try to score another goal to win the game and then ultimately backfired and now you're sent home and then everybody's scratching their heads like why can't you win hockey games it's the goaltending's fault it's the defense's fault come on you're the best player in the world and you're the captain you should be able to show the ropes you're the leader you're the guy guiding the ship who's showing the narrative of how it should be done and then everybody else should follow 100 percent. that's i can't argue with any of that and that's what it's going to take. It's that, you know, the general leads and the troops will follow. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's the way this thing works. And uh, if they see, you know, the superstar players giving you that effort, not making those mistakes without the puck, you know, then they are at rest of the team's going to say, you know what, that's the way we have to play too in, in order to win and be successful. But you don't always see that, unfortunately. Um, mm-hmm. Let's get your thoughts on the conference finals. Uh, okay. Nick, just the, uh, first of all, Vegas, Dallas, uh, Vegas up two nothing in that series what do you think of how it's gone so far uh, I, I thought it's gone pretty well i think you know being in overtime in and it, it's a great series thus far uh i think vegas is going to take it i think they have the right depth and the right guys at the moment i think they were hungry for success after their first year so they're continuing to be hungry um within that being said i think some of the superstars on the other side in dallas uh you're not hearing a lot of them right you're you're hearing more of these younger guys that are coming through the ranks right now that are being the studs and then i think if they want to have that overall success you're going to need to start hearing those other guys names not to mention any names ben and sagan but they need to start showing up to and and do what it takes and be that leader to show everybody else That's true. And a great point by Sancho in our chat. We'll put the comment up on the uh, screen right now. It's, it's actually true. I never thought of this, but it's actually kind of right. Don't ever take Dallas to win anything. And then after that, <laughs> Cowboys fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dallas has had a bit of a tortured recent sports history. I mean, let's be a Cowboys stink uh, or just have never been able to get over. I shouldn't say stink. That's a little harsh, but a little rough. <laughs> they just haven't been able to get over the hump. Uh, and mm-hmm. you know, they've had some playoff years. They just can't get over the hump, but still it's not been good enough for, cause that's the marquee franchise there. Mavericks, you know, flamed out this year. Luca and Kyrie Irving was supposed to be this big, you know, contending team. They didn't even make the fucking playoffs. It was a disgrace from their standpoint. Uh, Texas Rangers have had some down years, a little better uh, this be year. Good night now. Yeah. yeah looking looking pretty, pretty good. good. Like again, 11 to 15. Yeah. We win a championship. They got close that St. Louis world series. And then of course, now the Dallas stars who, you know, they've been playoff teams many years, but still, and that's now 24 years and counting since their only Stanley Cup. Yeah. So Dallas sports is not this picture of success and picture of winning, you know, and winning tradition. That's for damn sure. And Alex can speak to that. Nick, Alex is from is living right now, I should say, in Minnesota. So okay. if any uh, he uh, Minnesota people know what it's uh, like not to win anything. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, it's just, just losses <laughs> after losses and, 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 in, and in tragic fashion, too. It's not, not necessarily just just. The, you know the fact that they're losing with the way that they lose up here is uh, if it makes any if it makes anybody better i'm a jets mets and that's an islanders fans i haven't had much success in my loophole either oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, new, oh, new york jets you got aaron Rodgers now let's see how that goes mets yeah. i don't know the mets are the debacle right i can't believe that they're doing this they're this bad so far this year with everything they've got going for them roster wise with buck you know managing them uh, obviously. And then you mentioned the Islanders. That's a, you know, tough uh, first round exit for them. So it's been, a, and then mm-hmm. who, who's the other one? Uh, Nets. <laughs> there you go. The Nets. Oh, Bro- Brooklyn Nets. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who have just basically dismantled the entire fucking operation. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, they're going to be, you know, rebuilding now for a period of time, jettisoning uh, Durant and Irving who, what it, it's, it's funny with Durant and Irving. It's almost like those guys went to Brooklyn and say, we're going to get paid and we're going to do everything we can to not even earn a quarter of our pay, you know, with absences, with injuries, with just drama. 
uh, with just not playing, you know, not being ready to go every single night, especially with Kyrie and then the injuries to Durant. I mean, it's just one thing after another. The, the thing turned into a debacle. Uh, Steve Nash wasn't a great selection as coach. Jacques Vaughn was put in a tough – I actually don't mind Jacques Vaughn, but he's in a tough spot. They never should have fired Kenny Atkinson going back years ago. That's their issue with the uh, Nets. So, yeah, that's a tough That's a tough little quartet of sports teams for you to be rooting on there. Nick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Speaking of that, it's funny about the coaches. I mean, it's funny to see like three of the four coaches that are in the Stanley Cup finals right now. They seem to be the ones that are always having the success, and yet they don't win the Stanley Cup, but then they get fired, and then they go to a new team, and then they're right back in the final four. Yeah, exactly. There's a, there's a, but look at uh, uh, all the, look at uh, Paul Maurice, look at Pete DeBoer, look at uh, Bruce Cassidy. You know, here are the three of the four coaches that are still uh, standing here uh, in the uh, conference finals. How about the game tonight, Nick? We'll put the uh, display back on the screen. Game three, uh, Florida, Carolina. Uh, like I said, minus 110, even money. What do you think here? Th- two nothing Florida leading. Do they make it three zip tonight? What do you think? I, I believe so. I think the, the the Matthew Kachuk train is is a real thing right now. I think that he is not naive to that people are rooting for him within the media. And I think he likes that clout. And I don't blame him. I mean, if you can be cocky and confident at the same time and be able to show up and back it up, I mean, go for it. And he's doing an excellent job. And he you're seeing a leader in the making. And I applaud him. Um, I think that he's going to continue to lead that way and i think they're going to win today again whether i think it's going to be a close game again because it's been close the whole time yeah. but uh being at home and stuff like that uh it's going to be a, it's it's a tough task for the uh the hurricanes uh i i, I wish them luck i do they still play man on man i haven't really um, yeah they do they, they do, do they the should is, uh, oh, negate that we said it just before you joined us we said this about the florida blue line on paper they're not supposed to be able to match carolina's blue line no yeah. way when you look at Pesci mm-hmm. and Slavin and Brady Shea and Brent Burns, they're they're terrific blue line one through six. Florida, after Montour and Ekblad and Forsling, even there's a huge. There's supposed to be a huge drop off. Mark Stahl had a horrible year last year and didn't even play great mm-hmm. earlier this year. And he's supposed to be an older guy. His best days behind him. He's playing great. I've never seen Radko fucking Gudas play better than he is right now. And it's amazing. He's been amazing. That's what, Josh Mahurik. That's what Will does. Yeah, yep. they weren't supposed to be as good depth-wise on the blue line as Carolina or as Toronto or certainly as Boston in the mm-hmm. first round. And here they are. Those six defensemen are playing over their heads. And I know there's still some detractors for Florida's run, Nick. They're saying, oh, but these guys were shit earlier this year. Last year they didn't play great. That these Who cares? They're playing over their heads now, and mm-hmm. they're playing and great now, and that's all that right. matters. Yeah. You just got to get to the dance. Yeah, Anything can happen. Yeah, and that's exactly what you're seeing right now. Uh, by the way, uh, so Nick likes Florida. What I also failed to mention when I mentioned this game and that I like Carolina in the first period, just like I did in game one and game two. It cashed for me in game one mm-hmm. and game two. I'm going to go back to it tonight, Carolina in the first period. What I also mentioned on Saturday was I thought it would be worth a look that if Carolina first period cashes in game two, which it did, I would look at the intermission, at the first intermission, I'll bet the draw and Florida. And sure enough, what happened? The draw cashed and Florida came back and won in overtime and Florida would have cashed as well. I would recommend that tonight, too. It's not bad. You know, until Carolina shows they can be good in the second period and in the third period of a game in this series. If Carolina's leading after the first period tonight, I'm probably going to hit the same two bets. Draw and Florida live in the uh, first intermission. I think that's not a bad option. You know, it worked in game two uh, and maybe it can uh, work again. Uh, here uh, tonight. Um, great stuff, Nick. Like I say, better late than never. Yeah. Uh, joining <laughs> us here on the uh, show. Uh, hit the like button. Uh, and we appreciate it. But you should do more podcasts. You got the energy like me. So uh, that's good stuff. Um, all right. Great that. stuff. Uh, we'll be back, though, to wrap things up. We got best bets coming up. Uh, we'll get to those in just a moment right after we hear from our two great sponsors, Gramco and Manscaped. Support for the Ice Gas is brought to you by Gramco. Whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, court, or the ice, Gramco is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 THC products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products, including vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable, legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you. Gramco is also available at many American retailers as well. You can get the best Delta 8 cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. And if you visit 
www.thegramco.com. Use promo code ICEGUYS. You will get 20% off of every order. And any order that's on the site over $50 will be shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS. That's promo code I-C-E-G-U-Y-S at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, it's about 14 million balls that you can preserve. The Performance Package 4.0 is the complete accessory package to take care of everything that is required. You've got, of course, the Lawnmower 4.0, takes care of your facial hair, uh, and among other things, uh, you've got, of course, the Weed Whacker. I'm approaching 40. Nose hair has become a major issue. It pisses the hell out of me. I need to take care of that shit, and the Weed Whacker can help you do that. Both of these products, waterproof and a 4,000K LED spotlight for a more precise shave. And you'll also be able to take care of those delicate areas with the ball toner, with the ball deodorant. Keep you smelling good, looking good, and feeling good down in the nether regions. This complete performance package 4.0 will take care of everything for you, for all you guys out there. And it's courtesy of our good friends at manscaped.com. So get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use promo code ICEGUYS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, we're back, and it is time now for Best Bets to wrap it up for this edition of the Ice Guys. Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like for Best Bet? Yeah, like I said, I'm not crazy about anything with tonight's game, but the one thing I do have in pocket, like I said, it's smaller than usual, but I'm on the draw. Uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. We've seen four of them in a row uh, in this conference finals, and this is definitely the series where I can feel it You know, still being tight, still being a, a very close kind of a battle. And uh, we'll probably take a little longer than 60 minutes to get to get it done. So you get plus 315 and as high as plus 360 at FanDuel. Uh, 315 was the price that I was able to, to, to secure. So we'll go with the Canes and Panthers to go into overtime yet again. That'd be the best bet for Monday. All right, there. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Four conference finals games, four overtime games. So far, Alex says the draw plus 360. Uh, for his best bet tonight, Florida, Carolina. I do want to mention, if you had bet the draw in all four games, let's say one unit, equal amount, $100, you'd be up at least over $1,200 right now. Uh, that's really something uh, if you had bet all four draws. So uh, $1,200 profit at least. You know, if you had gotten plus 360 or so at the FanDuel Sportsbook on these dra four draws so far, you're probably up, you know, closer to 1300 1400 even. Uh, on the draws so far in the uh, first four games. So, yeah, I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. The margins are razor thin, that fucking thin right now with these two teams on both sides, the East and the West. So the draw, probably worth a look. Uh, Nick Minerva, like I say, thanks for joining us. Like I say, don't worry about the issues and l being late and all that. It's kind of my – I got to make sure – I should have let you know, too. It uh, sometimes doesn't always go into no the worries. main inbox. The link. No but worries. Good stuff. It was also my fault. <laughs> nah, all good but uh, better late than never uh look there's only one game tonight i know you like florida so go ahead and make that your best bet i guess yeah. yeah that's gonna be my best bet and if there's anything down the line uh <clears throat> matthew kachuk for mvp lock it in constable it's him or bobrovsky right now uh for sure yeah. for florida sure. uh there's no question if they win the stanley cup uh con Smythe will either go to matt kachuk or sergey bobrovsky goalie bob uh, as we like to uh, call him so uh nick like in florida here minus 110 uh, tonight and my best bet for this uh, one i'm gonna go with carolina here so a little something different alex likes the draw nick likes florida full game i'm gonna go with carolina first period puck line and again you can get minus a half plus 195 to plus 200 uh, with the hurricanes first period puck line i say 
for the third straight game. They will lead after the first 20 minutes of play. So Carolina first period puck line for me uh, for best bet. Uh, all right, uh, that's a wrap. Nick, uh, thanks for uh, joining us uh, on the uh, show today, and uh, we wish you well, and we wish you good luck, too, with uh, the company. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I look forward to probably having, doing this again. Uh, thank you so much for including me and thinking of me. I, I really enjoyed this time, and, yeah, thank you again. Absolutely. Uh, by the way, uh, you do have a uh, Twitter uh, account. I'll mention that, too, and it's at NitroNick underscore 96. So there you go, yep. N-I-T-R-O-N-I-K underscore 96 that's nick on uh, twitter and also he'll be tweeting a lot of his uh the work that he's doing as well from that twitter account for uh, advocate athletes so make sure uh, you check that out uh great stuff a reminder the ice guys is live monday to friday 2 p.m eastern saturday noon eastern if you can't watch the show live download the ice guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms google podcasts apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, for our special guest, Nick Minerva, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Monday night. Enjoy Game 3 of the Eastern Conference Finals, and we'll see you again tomorrow. On Tuesday, a double dose of guests tomorrow. Nikita Kaszurski joining us. Sammy P., uh, you know, chicken dinner joining us tomorrow so a great tuesday show on tap make sure you join us for it right here on the ice guys presented by national hockey now